God, we just trust that you'd speak to us again. As we look into your word, we thank you that your word is a seed and that you are the ultimate gardener, that you can prepare the soil of our hearts. So will you do that right now? Will you remove any obstacle, anything that's hard? Will you soften our hearts so that your, your word can be planted deep down in our hearts and we'd not only be hearers of it, but we'd be doers of it and produce a harvest. We submit to you now. We, we resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. Pray in this hedge of protection. You'd minister to us. You'd lead us. you bring breakthrough to us. you provide for us in Jesus' name. I also pray for anyone who's without hope. I pray that you'd knock on the door of their hearts. Draw them unto yourself tonight so they can receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name. And everyone believed it said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. You know, what James said is so wise, how you put the eternal first. And at Liverpool, they sing a gospel song at the beginning of the game. Now, if you guys know that, you, ne- you Never Walk Alone is actually a gospel song. And then at Man United, they sing Glory, Glory, Man United, which just shows you just the priorities. Hey, So just as you put God first, the rest is anyway blessed. So let's just quickly, one more time, close your eyes. God, will you bless Liverpool in Jesus' name? Everyone believe it said amen, amen, amen. Okay, where two or more agree on a thing, it will be done in Jesus' name. What a blessing. We've been doing our Better Together series, and we're in our last week. Uh, We are about to go into a hope series as a church, and we look at how we can have hope even in a hopeless season. Um, and as Christians, we actually call to hope no matter what the season. We don't throw away our confidence. Our hope is in God. So I want to encourage you to, to join us for that series. And that will build, we will step into Easter, uh, which will be, um, the theme will be hope on Easter. And, um, and then after that, we'll be going into a series on wisdom based on your future hopes and dreams. What's the wise thing to do when it comes to your marriage, you as an individual, as a single person, as a married person, as a parent, in your business, connected to your destiny, what's the wise thing to do? And we look at God's Word. So we're going to have an amazing time. So invite your friends. And of course, our God Can campaign is our Easter campaign right now. So we kick off our campaign, and it's really to invite you to join us as we start to pray for our friends and family and you'll see the God Can cards, and we encourage you to write a name down of a friend, a colleague, or a family member, and, and put it in our bucket as you leave at the back, and, and then we will start to pray for these cards and partner with you in prayer. And we've seen it as people have then prayed and then gone invited people. We've seen people come to Easter and really start their journey with God. For some people, it's a reigniting of their relationship with God. Uh, but I encourage you, um, you can invite somebody because God can save them. You can invite your friends, your family, because God can do a miracle. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Um, so we are doing the final week of our Better Together. And what I want to talk to you about today is you personally, how to start it off to be healthy, to get into a relationship, um, how to date. I'm going to go through all of it. Um, then marriage, and then parenting. I'm going to touch on all of it, just little things, and just hopefully uh, sort of wet your taste buds. I'll also give you things you can go listen to. Uh, For instance, parenting books uh, right now, a great parenting book that's out by Andy Stanley and his wife. So just write that down. Andy Stanley has written a parenting book that's just come out this month. It's a great book to read as a parent. 
And then I'm also going to be mentioning some points from a podcast that Chad Veach has just put out, and that's called Leadership Lean In. It's all about dating. Encourage you, if you're a young adult, go listen to Chad Veach's Leadership Lean In. He just did a podcast on dating. I think he gets some great points. I'm actually going to touch on some of these points, but um, I want to encourage you to, to go on the journey, start to read up about uh, parenting. And then, of course, Craig Rochelle uh, does a, um, a marriage um, series called From This Day Forward. That's also something you can go rewatch as a couple. Um, it's on, on, his, um, um, on his website. Um, and Life Church, and you can actually get all the notes and actually work through it. And there's gaps you can fill in, and it's, it's a great little practice for you to do as a couple um, because there's even one called Fight Fair. So I don't know if you guys have been fighting, you learn to fight fair. Um, and I guarantee you, I think everyone does fight because your marriage is worth fighting for. Okay. Um, and if you are dating and if you've never had a fight, I want encourage you to stage a fight because you, you need to see how that person you're dating is in a fight. As, as you know, the only time you ever see who they really are in that pressure moment is married, and that's dangerous. You need to have a good fight. Okay. Um, so I suggest you just get a plan, like you just set it up. And then, because you know, the safest ships to travel on is the ones that have been through storms. But the one that looks pretty, that's never been through a storm, you know what I mean? It's the Titanic. It's about to sink. Anyway, um, so no, no, you need to, and not that I'm saying just go look for it, but, but a lot of people like their life. We've never had a fight. Okay. Like I'm like, going, are you guys actually in a relationship? Anyway, so start with God. If you want to be healthy in any relationship, it has to start with God. 1 John 4 verse 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Not, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so we know and rely on the love of God. Um, so now we know and rely on the love God has for us. So you need to know and rely on the love that God has for you. We love because he first, that's the pattern for any healthy love. If you have not received God's love, if you have not been found in God's love and found your identity in God, you potentially, and I do not even potentially, you're going to struggle to love other people properly. There's a big chance you might even give yourself to an unhealthy relationship with somebody who also has not yet received God's love. And, and the hard part about that is you're going to ask each other to fulfill each other in a way that only God can. And that will lead to major disappointment because you will marry somebody and say, you complete me. And that's a lie. Only God can complete you. So then you'll wake up married one day and you'll look to that person and go, you have been the biggest disappointment ever. I'm so angry with you. I blame you because I'm not happy. No, no. That person is sinful. Just like me, God loved us while we are still sinners. When you marry somebody, you are marrying a sinner. <laughs> and here's what I'm saying. Hopefully, I'm not trying to encourage people to, get, to carry on living in their problems. But what I'm trying to say to you is, you are not marrying God. 
You're marrying a human being. You need to first settle your relationship with God. You need to let Him fill your tank. See, if God doesn't fill your tank, you're telling me, Andre, I'm only going to be happy when I'm married. Shush. I feel sorry for the person who's going to marry you because now they have to be God. And then what happens normally is that person doesn't satisfy them. They get angry with them. They say, well, you know what? I'll be happy when I have kids. Then you have kids and they cry for you even in the middle of the night. You go, finally, I've met somebody who needs me, who sees that I'm their world. They call me mommy or daddy. And then when they become teenagers, they're saying, listen, can we change surnames? I don't want to tell anyone we know each other. Can you drop me off like a few Ks from the school? And rejection sets in. And then you say, maybe if I just had built a career, they would respect me. But you are setting yourself up for pain because you have a God-shaped hole. And no marriage, no child, and no career, and no amount of money can fit that God-shaped hole and make you whole and satisfied. Only God can do that. And once you are satisfied in the love of God, you become a blessing in this world. But while you're not in Christ, you will always ask people and the world around you to bring satisfaction into your life instead of being satisfied in your relationship with God and be a blessing to somebody else. So, so first, it starts with God. If you are in a relationship with God and you love God and you're satisfied by Him and you meet somebody else who loves God and is filled with His love and has that God-shaped hole filled by Him, then you can bless each other. See, when, I, when Leanne and I got married, we knew, we said, God is God. You're my spouse. You understand? I'm going to ask God to fulfill me, and then I want to be a blessing to you. And it's the same way. And I'm saying we're perfect, but that's the goal. So the secret of love is being loved by God. If you're saying, Andre, I want to find love. I want to have a loving marriage. The secret pattern is you need to be loved by God. We love because He first loved us. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8, we see some awesome love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. It's not proud. Does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That sounds like the first week of a dating relationship. After that, it's downhill. Anyway, so you know what I mean? Like, because let's face it, but the only way you can get that love is from God. You, if you get married, if you think somehow that marriage is going to produce that scripture, you're setting yourself up for failure. But if you have a stronger party at the center of that marriage who is unconditionally loved, your marriage has got a shot. Who is it? It's Jesus. Jesus loved us while we were still sinners, never gave up on us. And that's why before you get married, hopefully you bring in your relationship with Jesus into your marriage. And so is the other person. And then you get married and Jesus is at the center. And when you need to forgive your spouse, you're doing it because you've received forgiveness. When you need to be patient with your spouse, you're doing it because you've got the Savior who's been patient with you. You, need to, you can only give them what you've got. If you have not received the patience, the kindness, um, um, the love from God, you have not got the love you desire to, to have to give into your marriage.
and you're setting yourself up for a hard season. So it starts with God. Okay, so the world's way of finding a partner. Uh, Find the right person, fall in love, fix all your hopes and dreams on them, and if failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. Okay, the problem with the world's way is you will keep meeting people. You'll try to find the right person. Remember, there's only one right person, it's Jesus. People are weak and sinful. <laughs> so you're going to find the right person and realize, I, you mean, he was such a disappointment. <laughs> you know, so he's not, like, you know I mean, you're always going to find loads of, like, uh, crosses, not the ticks, in just focusing on a person. Then you're going to try to fall in love and you're going to fix your hopes and dreams in them. And you must probably end up repeat, 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 repeat. Here's the thing. It's going to cause major baggage. You're going to come into a relationship with major issues. I always say to young people, there's nothing romantic about getting on one knee and saying, I dated so many girls until I met you. But it's pretty romantic when you say, I waited for you. You know, who's got more experience? The person who's been in many failed relationships or the person who's kept themselves? You know, people go, experience. You, know, you need to date this many people. No, no, no. <laughs> experience overrated because you've only learned to fail. You've only learned to fail in relationships. You, you've actually got baggage. Uh, here's God's way of meeting the right person. Become the right person. Walk in love. Fix all your hopes and dreams on God. If failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. You know why? Because you just keep getting healthy. You keep walking in more love, and your hopes and dreams are even more cemented in God. Okay. And so I want to encourage you, like Andy Stanley says, to become the right person. He, always, he gives that story of that girl. She goes out to a, a party, and she meets people, and then she meets the guy of her dreams. She goes home. All frustrated, she, and her mom says, what's wrong? She tells her mom, I just met the man I want to marry. She says, well, why are you so upset? Like, aren't you excited? She says, yeah, I just don't think I'm the girl he'd want to marry. See, a lot of us are looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right instead of becoming the right person. And a lot of you are going to run into the right person, but you aren't right. You've never actually grown. And you've actually used a season where you're supposed to grow healthy and you become fixated on trying to meet somebody instead of becoming the right person. And so when you try to fast track your life to meet somebody, you miss out on the opportunity to grow. High school, you do not need to date anyone. You know why? Because you can't marry them. You can't marry them. It's a waste of time. All high school dating does is create major baggage and position you potentially for lustful moments where you might fall. And now, when you, you don't realize it, when you, when you actually have sex, you sin against your own body and you actually carry that sexual relationship into your marriage. Unless you, by Jesus' name, break the soul tie, you actually carry the person you had sex with and all the people they had sex with into your marriage bed. Now you think marriage bed's going to be blessed. No, it's going to have issues. Now you have to walk through shopping centers and run into people you had sex with. And now you think you're married, your marriage is going to, your spouse is just going to be so secure in this relationship. No, no. You need to decide already if you want to have a successful marriage. Don't, you know, you're not a victim. Oh, I never knew this. No, now you do. Okay. So you make some decisions. Make them some decisions. I also want to let you know if you have made mistakes, God can restore you. 
right here tonight, He can actually make you brand new. He can actually turn your life around and you can start off on a new track. I got saved when I was 18 and I had made a mistake and God actually restored me and I decided to keep myself and actually wait for my spouse after that. I had already made the mistake, but God was good. And I encourage you to start to, yeah, decide how you want to be married one day. 1 Corinthians 33 verse 18 says, Stop fooling yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you, uh, you will have to become a fool so you can become wise by God's standards. And some of us need to drop all these ideas we have. I just need to have more experience. How will you know? If, no, no. God's actually got a pattern. He didn't mess up. The world's actually messed our minds up about dating. Um, Song of Solomon says um, in verse um, 8 verse 6, Place um, me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy unhealing as a grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Listen here. Who's ever dated somebody, given their heart to them, broken up, and you felt like you died? You know why? Because you gave them your heart. And if you do that, you should only give your heart when you're married. If you do it prematurely and you break up, you'll feel like you died. You say, I don't want to live anymore. See, the thing is, somebody else, you gave them your heart. Let's say this key represents your heart. You gave them your heart. They're walking around with it, and they just broke up with you, and they smashed your heart. And you're standing here, and you're going, why do I feel like I'm dying inside? Because your heart's walking with whoever you gave it to. So Leanne and I, when we started dating, we said, we're only going to give each, our hearts to each other at the altar. The only time somebody is trustworthy with your heart is after they said, I do. You have to decide to guard your heart because Scripture says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. It not only helps you make decisions about your life, it also is the wellspring of life. If you prematurely guard your heart, what, check this out, you will become dumb. You'll become dumb in decision-making. You'll make some dumb decisions. You also become stupid. Haven't you ever met somebody who you're attracted to and they're like, oh, full of life. Hey, yo, yo, sometime we'll hang out. I can't wait to see her or him. Next thing you know, you've given them, you, you guys, the one person's given their heart. Now they're like this, like little cocker spaniel puppy dog. <laughs> they're following you around. You're irritated by them. They're like, hey, Bruce, just like, can you, you know, like, you, 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 and you're going, why did this relationship get so boring? Because somebody's actually given their heart prematurely. Or it happens both ways. How do you give your heart? Um, one of the ways is you can actually spend money. Because wherever your treasure is there, your heart will be. Always tell people when you're dating, to actually tell each other, we're not going to spend money on each other. Because we get all, I'm going to buy you this and this and this. And you're actually blinding yourself. You actually, like the, the more you do it, you actually get dumb. It's like, you know, Another way is um, you spend what's valuable. You used to spend time with your friends. Now you spend no time with your friends. It's just me and you. It's called cult dating. It's just me and us. Bro, leave us alone. We're in a new cult. It's just us. You spend what's valuable. And now you, you actually, you, you actually <laughs> the crazy thing is, you, you'll know when you've given your heart and you're in an unhealthy relationship. No one can tell you. 
how your relationships are healthy. Don't talk to me. I know what I'm doing. Your parents are stupid. Like immediately your parents who loved you become stupid. As soon as you give your heart to somebody, your parents become like, because all wise counsel is now foolish because they're challenging you actually on a very unhealthy relationship. So you start calling everyone dumb. It happens all the time. Another way, and it's the fastest way to give your heart, is get physical. If you get physical, you are in a dangerous place. See, the thing is, um, I mentioned to the church, sex in the Bible is only allowed to have, be had when you fully give yourself to somebody and you say, I'm not my, my own anymore. Where's that? Only in marriage. But when you don't have sex in marriage, outside of marriage, then sex is all about you. It's about what you can get out of it. And if somebody is always saying, you don't love me because you, you know what I mean? we're not having sex, they actually don't love you, you understand? They're actually manipulating you, and manipulation is witchcraft. You're in a very dangerous relationship. You need to bind that demon by saying no and actually walking away. So, so that's how you give your heart over prematurely. So if you want to actually get into a healthy relationship, you need to prepare. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. God wants to transform you in the season. And, and, and you, I want to encourage you, don't live outside of the season you're in. Don't grieve the season. If you're single, use it for God's glory. Have fun. Have great friendship. Grow. Become healthy. Don't miss out the opportunity because the longest route to your destiny is a shortcut. And if God's called you to be single and you try to shortcut your single season by finding a partner, you're actually taking the longest route to your destiny and your maturity. And then you find out that you're not mature anymore and you actually have taken steps back and you start to carry a lot of baggage. The next thing to prepare for a healthy relationship is purity. Job 31 verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Guys, I always share this. It says, husbands love your wife like Christ loved the church. What role is that for a man? It's a sacrificial role, okay? So you actually sacrifice. Once you're in a marriage, it doesn't kick in just then. You have to practice it as a teenager and a young adult. If you can't sacrifice your desires, don't think you're now going to sacrifice your desires because you're married. Okay, so, so you actually have to already, what did Jesus do for the church? He laid his life down. He sac- you sacrifice. Girls, if you meet a guy who can't sacrifice now, don't fool yourself that somehow he's going to be able to sacrifice when he's married. Because that's his role. He lays down his life. He loves his bride. And, and, and so I encourage you guys to not walk away from the season where God is actually calling you to purity. Have accountability groups. Don't look at stuff. If, if you're looking at dodgy stuff on social media, get off social media. It's worth it. Why? Because you're going to have a great marriage one day. Um, if you're struggling with looking at porn, find a, get into a group. Tell somebody you can trust, but get away from it. Why? It's going to bless your marriage one day. But if you think somehow you're going to stop looking at it just because you're married, you're fooling yourself. See, ma- dating is like holding hands. Marriage is squeezing those hands together. It's a pressured place. You better rather be ready now in the season of preparation, get ready, than try to change in your marriage. Marriage is a very pressured place to try to change. Then, dating. 
2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. So now you're dating. So, so I said you, you prepared, you stayed pure, and now you're dating. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. That's what uh, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. The Message Bible says it like this. I think it's more clear wording. Don't become partners with those who reject God. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light light best friends with with the dark? When you date somebody who doesn't love God, you're going to war with your relationship with God. See, because you can't lift that person up, but they will pull you down into what they're into. And here's the thing. The question is, how important is God to you? Hopefully you're on the same level. God's important. What do you do with your time? Do you serve God? No. Do you honor God with your finances? No. Do you give God the best of your talents? No. Well, I do, so this is not going to go anywhere. No, but we're in the same church. No, no, no. We're unequally yoked. Just because it's the same church doesn't mean you're equally yoked. And you must remember, the person you date will determine your destiny. Sorry. And even more, the person you marry will determine your destiny. So, so don't be fooled where you think, you know, we're just going to, we met in the church. No, no, are you equally yoked? So I always say this, if I'm riding a horse, I've never, I've ridden a horse once. I'm terrible. I'm, I've never, you know what I mean? I would have been a terrible cowboy. I would have been the guy who like invented a car ASAP. Let's get a car in place. I don't know. But, but a horse, now imagine I'm riding a horse. I'm on a mission. Did it, did it, did it, did it. I couldn't do the whole thing. And there I see this this, this place that everyone's drinking water, the horses are drinking, and everyone's, there's some music playing. And I said, I, Chish, I wonder if there are any girls there. Chish, I'm going to stop more, so I'm going to go find a girl. Go hang out there, I'll meet a girl. She's nice. And then I somehow think that, that I'm going to meet this girl, I'm going to get back on my horse and fulfill my purpose. <laughs> you, you might sort of flip and sell the horse. Because she will pull you in what she's committed to, not what you. Be. But if you ride your horse and fulfill your purpose, one day you'll be riding and this girl will come up next to you and she's going in the same direction. You go, hey, what's your name? Oh, what are you doing? Now I'm on a mission. You? Me too. Awesome. Because if we get together, we can keep going on this journey. But a lot of people want to get off their purpose, leave their direction to go meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. And they're fooling themselves. They've just walked away from their calling and their purpose. So you know what? The Bible's clear. It says light or dark. There's no middle ground. It doesn't say missionary dates. You know, some of you might be sitting with somebody who's come to church because they like you. They don't actually want to be here. Well, there you know. You're with the wrong person. And you might already be in the wrong place physically because you don't want to actually hear what I'm saying. <laughs> You're ready. But just by that, you already know. You need to walk away and go, flip, I'm already in a bad place. That's a dangerous. Listen, missionary dating isn't part of your destiny. If you have no self-worth, you're missionary date. That sounds terrible. You know why? Because you don't think you're worth waiting for. You're not, you're not worth, you don't think you're worth waiting for Mr. Right. So, so you just, you'll meet Mr. Wrong on the side. You're worth more than that. You're a child of God, created for a destiny on purpose. God's made no mistake with you. Why would you give yourself to somebody who doesn't have that same feeling and sense about themselves? You need to decide to raise the bar. Quickly, Chad Veach, some dating advice. Date with your eyes open. 
You know, you know, some of us right now, we want to, yeah, but they're a good person, squint a bit. They're, they're not, they go to the same church as me. Open your eyes. You're right. They don't serve. They don't love God. They actually, <laughs> open your eyes. Why? You know what? You open your eyes and you date them. And you see everything for what it is. And then if it's God's will, you get married and then you close your eyes slightly. Because you're more forgiving now. Your spouse is human. But a lot of us close our eyes in dating and then we open our eyes in our marriage. What are you doing? <laughs> and now we think, why do, why do I want to get, no, no, no. You open your eyes and then you close your eyes. Don't date lying down. If the only way your relationship is moving forward is because of the physical, you're in a dangerous place. Don't date lying down. Don't awaken love early. If you awaken your physical relationship early, there's nowhere else to go. You're moving towards an early breakup. If you do all the things that are actually for your marriage bed, one day when you get married, what's the point? Don't awaken. Don't skip steps. This is the advice we always hear. If you're going to be in a relationship, don't take the elevator, the escalator. Always take the stairs. Go slowly. It's worth it. Date with your ears open. Since when have the people in your life all of a sudden become dumb? When they tell you, hey, this isn't healthy. Since when have now your parents, all the people in the church, they've just become stupid? You know, from one day, because I met this person. Now they're all stupid. And of course, I mentioned it. Don't fall into cult dating, where you actually now have no time for your friends. Here's the thing. If you want to know who the person you're dating is, look at their friends. Show me, your fr- show me their friends, and I'll show you who they are. They are a subtotal of their friends. If you don't like the person you're dating's friends, you're making a big mistake. Married couples, I'm going to quickly go through married couples. I encourage you, if we're married, we'll make a choice to love. Colossians 3 verse 14. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love's a choice. I promise you, you can love many things in this world. You can even love your hobby. You can spend lots of money on your hobby and then figure, wonder why you don't want to be at home on the weekends. But if you spend money on your wife, wherever your treasure is there, your heart will go also. Always been encouraged. Honor your wife. Spend money on her. Value her. Love her. Make her the centerpiece. You know, what you say about your wife will always come true. What you say about your husband will always come true. Do you say your wife is the most beautiful woman in the world? What you say about her will come true. What are you saying? Prioritize your relationship. Galatians 6 verse 7. 
do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Let us not become weary in doing good. For a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, Leanne and I will have fights or seasons where I know she's, you know what I mean? She, you know what I mean? She's, she loves me, but she's upset with me. I, do, I don't, I must not stop sowing. I must remember, Andre, keep being generous. Keep sowing goodness. Keep loving her. Keep being good to her. Because one day I'll reap a massive harvest. And I've seen it. Sometimes we'll go through times, and, but there's this harvest. There's this time of blessing. And, and so, so if you are in a marriage, you have to keep sowing into it. Sow into it. You're going to reap a massive harvest. You're going to reap a massive harvest in your marriage, in your love life. And trust God. Unless the Lord builds a house, Psalm 127, the labors labor in vain. I didn't even get to parenting, but I'm just going to give you a quick overview. If you want your child, because it says Jesus grew in wisdom, Luke 2 verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. If you want your child to grow in wisdom, teach them to fear God. The beginning of wisdom starts when you fear God. Not fearing that God will punish you, but fearing being outside of God's blessing. Saying, God, I'm doing stuff that are outside of your blessing. I don't want you to turn your face from me. I want you to turn your face towards me. I want your, the sun to shine upon me. I want to be in your blessing. And I don't know how my parents did it, but I had, I understood that God was the boss even before I was a Christian. And I had a healthy fear of my parents. I would be in parties where my, parents, my, my friends were passing around drugs and alcohol. And I'd say no. And the reason I'd say no is because I think if my parents were here, they would not enjoy this. And it was actually a huge blessing. But I also knew God was everywhere. And God is here. And if I did this, He would not enjoy it either. So I want to stay in His will. And you need to teach your children to have a fear of God. God's everywhere. And also trust that they have a healthy fear of you. Not a punishment, but being outside of a place where you're actually happy with them. Teach them to accept God's the Word as, as their manual for living. Give them purpose. I promise you as, you, as you help your child discover their purpose, they'll rise above the rest. They'll grow in stature. They'll become the head, not the tail. And, and teach them to grow in favor with, with man. How? Teach them to be honest, to honor, and to have respect. Honor people in authority, to respect them, to respect people of the opposite sex, to respect people in our nation. Teach them to speak disrespectfully. Don't think they're going to grow in favor with man. And of course, favor with God. They love God. Yes, here's a simple thing. Parents, quick thing that we learned from, from Sean Nepstad. As a parent, stage one. And so if single, married, not yet had children, this is going to help you. Stage one, zero to five. It sounds, might sound weird, but get control. You speak once and they listen. You know the whole thing, if you've been in a supermarket, uh, Pastor Sean Neff said, and the mom's like, you better behave, you better stop it. I'm going to count to three, and on three, if you don't sort it out by three, and the, there's a one, two, two and a quarter. Two, and Sean Neff's such joking. He says he's standing at the other side of the shop shouting, three, three. 
Why would you give them a space to be a disobedient in a season where they need to learn to honour, respect, to be obedient? Stage one is you speak once. Two, the next stage, stage two, six to 12 or 13 years old, all training, instill values into them. You might want to sit down as a family and write, what are the values of our family? What are kingdom values? Who are we as a family? And, and you start to teach them values. They do say, no, no, that's not a value in our house. This is a value in our house. Next stage, stage three, four to 18-ish, they say, coaching. Now they know the values and you're coming alongside them. They might tell you experience they had and you say, well, based on our values, what's the better way to respond? Or to, well, this is it. Or, or something they're about to approach, based on our values, what do you think you should do? You're coaching them. And 18-ish, they say, it could be longer than that, but stage four, 18 beyond, you become a consultant. But here's the deal with becoming a consultant. It's a stage where your child doesn't need you to live under your roof and they can pay all their own bills. So you might go to your parents, mom and dad, I'm 18. You need to be in the consulting. Great. So you're saying you can go live by yourself and pay your own bills. Okay, no, cool. I'm cool with coaching. I receive coaching. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I'll ask you coaching. So it might be longer, but it's just a simple pattern that you can use as a parent. Do you guys want to stand up? I took you through a lot. Remember Chad Veach's dating podcast? Andy Stanley and his wife wrote a book on parenting. If you don't settle your relationship with God, the enemy will lie to you and you will give yourself to something that's really not first prize. God's got a first prize for you. And if you're not going for first prize, you're always giving yourself to other stuff. You need to give yourself the best shot. How? It starts with God. A relationship with Jesus. Receiving the love of Jesus. Receive your forgiveness. I make you the Lord of my life. I want to honor you, God. I want to be satisfied by you, God. And then you can set out on this awesome journey that He has for you. God, I want to live for your purposes. I always think the worst time to meet somebody is in a season of doing nothing. Because you must probably meet somebody else who's doing nothing. <laughs> and together you'll do nothing. The math adds up. Or a destructive season. But if you meet somebody who's living out their purpose, and you guys are both on the journey of purpose, great things can happen. But it all starts with God. Loving Him. Letting Him lead your life. Letting Him give you a vision. Letting Him direct your life. You know, I only got married when I was 30. Always joked with the guys, like, I've got an anointing to pray for you to last till you're 30. Guys would be like, get away from me. But there was actually so much joy. So much that could happen. So much that I could sow. 
and then God blesses me with Leanne. And she's seven years younger than me, so it would have been weird if we did it before. The you The crazy thing is, because I'd made mistakes, I didn't think I'd deserve somebody like her. So even when we started to like each other, I didn't actually, like I said, I didn't want, because I thought, no way, this is never going to happen. But I have found, like I've said to you, when you serve God, it doesn't add up. It does multiply. And God gives you somebody better, you can hope, dream, or imagine. Don't sell yourself short. Give your all to God and see Him do a miracle in your life, in your relationships. Give your all to God. Do you want to close your eyes? Maybe you need to come back to God. Or maybe you've actually given your heart to somebody else. And tonight you need to give your heart back to God. You actually have to come back to Him and ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to come into your life afresh, to be the leader of your life. If that's you with every eye closed and you want me to include you in a prayer, just wave your hand and say, Andre, I need to come back to God. I need to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop, give me a wave. Say, Andre, I'm coming back to God. I want Him to be the Lord of my life. I want Him to fill my life with love. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Let's, God bless you. Awesome. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for dying for me while I was a sinner. You paid the price for my sin. Thank you that you love me unconditionally. I receive your forgiveness and your love. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come and give Amen. praise in this place. Can we, can we open the side door there? If you, um, and I can ask everyone to just look on that side. If you put your hand up and you, we'd love to pray. We've got guy and girl counsellors. We'd love to, if you made a decision, you want us to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. If you need prayer, you can go that way as well. Remember, if you want to write your God Can card out, you can fill that out and there'll be buckets at the back. Remember, grab the, the God Can um, little banner board and do your profile pic. We ask you to take a profile pic and put it out on uh, Facebook or Instagram and, and just make a statement and, and stir up a, a faith that God can do miracles, God can save people. But have an awesome week. God bless you guys.